Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Table Talk, discussions of church, theology, and culture. Your hosts today are Luke Burrow. I am the Family and Ministry Coordinator at CBC Elderton and Andrew Hall, Lead Pastor at CBC Elderton. Andrew, this is our first proper Table Talk episode. And mm-hmm. now that we are jumping in to this podcast, we want to start where we are at, at our church here at CBC Elderton, we are going through a sermon series on the book of Proverbs. We've been, uh, how long has it been now that we've been doing Proverbs? I started uh, preaching through the book of Proverbs in September, and now we're well into January. Okay. It'll probably take us the better part of the ministry year to get through the book. Yeah, so it's been a, been a couple of months now, and this has been sort of a, a different sermon series in some ways, in that uh, the book of Proverbs is very different from many of the, the other books that you've preached. Proverbs and the other books of wisdom literature, uh, in many ways, stand out as kind of unique books in Scripture. So as as we start, we want to talk a little bit about wisdom literature. Mm -hmm. So famously, the book of Proverbs is probably the best known piece of wisdom literature, but there are other books as well. So just as we we start, as we want to do here a two-part series diving into the book of Proverbs, let's talk about wisdom literature in general. What is it? What are the different books of wisdom literature? How how does wisdom literature play itself out in the, the Bibles that we have? Yeah, wisdom literature is not merely unique to the Bible, but we are strictly looking at it from uh, a Christian uh, and biblical perspective. Uh, Wisdom literature really is the advice that comes from someone who has great life experience. And they're looking at life through the angle of how do I navigate the complexities of this world? How do I live well? And how do I make sense of human existence in this world? Uh, so we can have either short, pithy sayings like the book of Proverbs does, where you get either parallel or contrasting ideas in little statements, uh, or you can get longer monologues like you do in Job or in Ecclesiastes, where uh, in Ecclesiastes, it's trying to understand the meaninglessness of life, or Job, the problem of suffering. Uh, the book of Psalms also has some wisdom uh, psalms mm-hmm. in it, but it itself is not wisdom literature, but there are these examples throughout the Psalms of just uh, wisdom that speaks as well. So as we mentioned, we're doing a Proverbs sermon series here at CBC Elderton. Why don't you talk a little bit about that sermon series to start? What's the, what's the sermon series called and kind of what's been your sort of overarching theme for this and how, how it is that you're preaching it from, from the start to the end. Yeah, I when I looked at the book of Proverbs, almost everyone immediately goes to the idea of wisdom literature and wisdom as the key theme. Mm-hmm. While, while Proverbs does speak much about wisdom, actually the word good, actually, uh, it's, it's the word that appears most often in the book. And so I've called this sermon series, The Good Life, mm-hmm. uh, Living the Good Life. Because the aim of wisdom isn't just, it's, it's not just to be uh, someone who, who is, is knowledgeable or has lots of information, but who knows how to apply that to live skillfully in the world. So to have a good life. And so we've been going through this. Uh, the first nine chapters really of the book are uh, a father speaking to his son, 10 speeches really where a father is, is trying to instruct his young son in the way that he should go. And so really that's where we've begun. Um, I think on this Sunday, we're picking up in chapter six 
And so we've got lots of ground still to cover, but there's there's so much wisdom in Proverbs for us to discover. Yeah, we've definitely we've definitely found that even in uh, this first six chapters that we've gone through, it's it's pretty amazing. And as as you've mentioned, as as we've been starting this sermon series, in many ways you've taken an approach that's maybe gone a little bit different from what you might normally see in a sermon series on Proverbs. It's not not necessarily just let's let's talk about how to live a wise life, but as you've as I've talked to you and as you've done your own study on the book of mm-hmm. Proverbs, you found that there's a lot more there, and that's that's pretty important, I think. And you're you're been, you've been doing a lot of thinking about that. Uh, as we look at the book of Proverbs, uh, oftentimes what people feel is that it's hard to connect Proverbs with the rest of the Bible, yeah. with the rest of the Old Testament, especially the New Testament. It yeah. seems seems like a, a bunch of statements on here's some good things to do, here's some bad things to do. And it, it's hard to connect it with the overall narrative of scripture. It's hard to connect it with redemptive history. It's yeah. hard to connect it with the with the gospel. And so as you've done your studying, as you prepared for this sermon series, you've you've come to a lot of realizations about this in the mm-hmm. book of Proverbs. So why don't mm-hmm. you, you talk about a, a little bit about that? How can we connect the book of Proverbs to redemptive history, to the gospel? Yeah. So, so I think most people, when they come to the book of Proverbs, uh, let's start here. They, they think of it as just these little tweets that mm-hmm. are just uh, random, unorganized sayings, disconnected from anything else. And it really so, feels like that sometimes, it, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. And so it's no surprise. Like You could go to the book of Proverbs and you could read it and you could read one or two little sayings and you walk away and go, okay, that's what I need to do. That's what I can uh, work on to have a better life. Uh, but if that was the case, if that's what Proverbs was was simply doing, then you really have no need for for salvation. Yeah. But Proverbs actually begins by speaking in chapter one, verse seven, that it's the fear of the Lord that is the beginning of knowledge. And it's it book it's uh, chapters one through nine are bookended with this fear of the Lord. Chapter one, verse seven. Chapter nine, verse ten. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so, really. Uh, you can have all sorts of information. You can even take individual proverbs and learn to apply them and think about them and yet fail to fear the Lord and love the Lord and not really walk in the ways of the Lord. And that's super important because you you mentioned briefly earlier, but wisdom literature is not only found in the Bible. If you That's right. if you go back and you sort of study ancient history, if any of our listeners were to ever do that, they would find that all sorts of ancient cultures had wisdom literature that kind of looks and sounds in some ways of surprisingly like Proverbs. Other cultures, yeah. e- Egypt comes to mind as That's one, right. had, had their own Proverbs that are structured very similarly. And so, if if that's all that the book of Proverbs in the Bible is, just wise sayings to pass along, then there, there's nothing distinctive about <laughs> it. And it, it, we kind of wonder why it's in the Bible in, in the first place. And so the fact that the book of Proverbs immediately roots itself in relation to God is, is really mm-hmm. important. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, Luke, because uh, some uh, critical scholars have looked at Proverbs, I think it's chapter 22, where you get a section of the Proverbs that are very similar to the Egyptian wisdom sayings. Yeah. And, and if you don't understand how the book is put together, um, you could actually walk away thinking, I can just 
take little bits of information and have a good life. Yeah. Um, the other the other thing I would say about this too is uh, I was trained and even even at seminary, uh, the instructions that I received about when you think about the big picture of the Old Testament, what is they would they uh, biblical theology would use the language of what it's what is its center. So what's the big idea in the middle of it? And one of my professors, uh, he said there are two centers, which made no sense cool. to me, that if you have two centers, then something is off kilter. Um, but he would say that there, the two centers are election, the, the choosing of Israel, and wisdom. And he didn't see any collection or connection between the two. Hmm. And, and for me, my father being a mathematician, coming from a, a home where we talked about uh, logic and things like that, that made no sense to me. And so when I listened to how he he's written a commentary on Proverbs, it's it's a good commentary. Uh, but when I listened to what he had to say about uh, election and and wisdom, and that there really was this disjointedness in the Old Testament, I struggled. So when I came to study the Book of Proverbs, I had that framework already in the back of my mind, and I really wanted to understand. Like you've you've said, like does Proverbs fit into redemptive history? Mm-hmm. To which I would say, yes, I think it does. Yes, absolutely. It's it's been been placed there for a reason. It was inspired by the same That's Holy right. Spirit who inspired the rest of Scripture, and we would both have no problem affirming that all of Scripture is is meant to point toward Christ and meant to tell the grand story of God's redemption in, in some way. And so let, let's talk about a few of those ways. As, as you've studied, as you've prepared to preach this sermon series, Andrew, how, how have you found in, in what ways does the, the book of Proverbs really, even, even better than a lot of us might think, connect with the rest of scripture and the rest of redemptive history? Yeah, so I think uh, first we need to understand how some people think about Proverbs. First, some people would say that wisdom literature is creational. Mm -hmm. So you can see that clearly in chapter 8. Wisdom is this voice, it's speaking, it's it's all around uh, in creation, it's embedded in creation, it's got this, this rootedness so that there's an inner logic to creation. And so many people have looked at Proverbs and said, well, Wisdom literature is really just looking at the created order mm-hmm. and trying to draw out what God is doing in the created order as though there is the general revelation of God that can be observed by all men, all places. Uh, Psalm 19, for example, says this, the heavens declare the glory of God, uh, the skies above proclaims his handiwork, but then there's a specific revelation. And so we need we need other factors so that so that we would know the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. But I, I am not convinced that Proverbs is merely looking at wisdom from a creational standpoint. I think mm-hmm. that it's also looking at it from the standpoint of covenants. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's been a, a really important part of the, of the sermon series so far, specifically as you've related it, not only to the the covenants in general, but to maybe most specifically the Davidic covenant. Is that right? Yeah, I would say there's two aspects. Uh, Throughout the Old Testament, you've got, I think there's, um, in in Proverbs at least, there's two elements, two covenantal elements. One is a connection to Deuteronomy and the other is a connection to the promise to David in Mm -hmm. 2 Samuel 7. 
Um, so if we wanted to pick up the idea of the connection to David, um, David is promised in 2 Samuel 7, verses 12 through 14, that he's going to have a son and he's going to rule on the throne forever and that he's going to be blessed. And so David's kingdom and his kingship is going to be established forever and that the Lord will be a son to him. And we see that language over and over, a father speaking to a son yeah. in Proverbs. And so it's rooting it in this covenant promise. It's also written by Solomon. David's son. David's yeah. son, that's right. And so recognizing that Solomon is this, this figure, um, the book I think is structured, we can come back to this in a minute, but I think the book is structured. It's probably compiled long, long after uh, Solomon's time, probably mm -hmm. after the exile, maybe before the exile, not sure, but it's looking to establish the kingdom and rulers in a ways that in a way that honors uh, God's and remembers God's promise to David. And you've you've even more specifically than that talked about how as as you've studied Proverbs and as as you've done your reading and research that really the the book of Proverbs isn't isn't even just Solomon talking to his son in a general sense, but it really is the the book is designed sort of as a, as a training manual for for kings. You've you've talked about that how it was really written to to build up in wisdom those who would ultimately go on to lead God's people That's to right. be in that line of Davidic kinship that would ultimately find its end in, in Jesus. And so, yeah, why don't you talk about that briefly as well? Yeah, so the, the idea that Proverbs is specifically put together, we'll, we'll talk about this in our next episode yeah. more, more specifically, but um, today I think we could just mention that, that if you understand Proverbs as being a manual for young men, uh, who will progress through the early days of being trained. Um, it's, it's highly specific training um, so that they can function well as either courtiers or advisors or justices or magistrate, magistrates, and then ultimately to kingship, uh, that then you can read the book, I think, in a, in a different way. Um, the, other, the other part of, I think, to, to go back to the covenant idea is that what what Proverbs is trying to do is it's it's structured in such a way that it's connecting us to the the promises that God made in Deuteronomy, mm -hmm. where God had said there are blessings for obedience and there are curses for disobedience. And the the language that Deuteronomy uses, it uses the fear of the Lord. Yeah. It uses um, uh, to remain on the way, not to stray from the path. And this is the language of Proverbs as well. I think, I can't remember uh, which German scholar, a German Lutheran scholar it was, but in the 1800s, he was pointing out these connections and scholarship was saying, this is ridiculous. And yet increasingly, as people are looking at the book of Proverbs, they're saying, yeah, there's a connection to God's promises of blessing and curses for uh, obedience and disobedience. I'll give one example. We'll come up to it uh, next week uh, when I preach or in the... I, whenever this is released, but uh, but in Proverbs seven, we can hear a strong connection to um, Deuteronomy six. 
Uh, in Proverbs 7, he says, my son, keep my words and treasure up my commandments with you. Mm-hmm. Keep my commandments and live. Keep my teaching as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Yeah, sounds like something we've heard before, right? Yeah, the, in the Shema, the, the great teaching of, of Deuteronomy, hear, O Israel, mm-hmm. the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You'll take these instructions, bind them on your foreheads, and and you're to remember them. And we have that same type of language here in Proverbs seven. Uh, we we could also just think about how how the language of being on the path is is so crucial to following the Lord, staying in the path, knowing God's ways, and the two path theology of Deuteronomy is is that reflection of obedience and blessings and curses for disobedience. So then for for those of you listening who may feel that, boy, Proverbs just feels so disconnected from the rest of scripture, I don't understand it. This is is a great example of how understanding the covenantal structure of the Bible Mm -hmm. can really help us as as we try to look at any individual book of the Bible. Proverbs in so many ways is steeped in covenant, not not only in, as we talked Mm -hmm. about, in the context of David and Solomon and of kings and of the Davidic covenant, but also rooted in God's covenant with Israel at Sinai, the the Mosaic covenant and all of that language. And once we see those connections, it becomes a whole lot easier then to, to see how Proverbs ultimately relates to to Christ, relates to the gospel, relates to the the whole overarching story of scripture. And that's a remarkable thing. And that uh, we, I think as a church are already feeling that Mm. Proverbs feels a lot different and we we understand it differently now. And I think our our listeners may find that to be the case as well. I I would say too, what I found about Proverbs is that when I went into the book, um, I was I was prepared to be surprised. I wasn't prepared to be this surprised right, yes. by how coherent the entire book is. And that might surprise people because by the time you get to chapters 10 through to the end, it feels very disconnected. Yeah. And yet when we understand that that there's a rootedness not only in God's wisdom in creation, but in his covenants, that there is a connection to God's promises for blessing for obedience and curses for disobedience in Deuteronomy. His his command or his, his promise again to David that there'll be a son who will rule on the throne forever. And then when you think of the book as preparing future leaders to rule well over God's people, then you get a different sense of the book and you start to read it with different eyes. But I think that's the way that um, that wisdom really functions, Luke, because, because when, we, when we talk about wisdom, uh, Jesus makes it, it very clear that, that wisdom is something that, that it, it's, it's not just there for us like it's easy, as though we can just pick it up and discover it, but that in Jesus Christ, Paul will say in Colossians 2, 3, that it's in Christ all the wisdom or all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden. Mm-hmm. And so if, if you dig deep into Proverbs, what you ought to expect, what you ought to find is that it's gonna point you to Jesus Christ. It's gonna reveal something glorious, but it's gonna take some work, but that work is gonna pay off. I think it was Pastor John Piper who said, 
You can rake leaves, but at the end, all you get are leaves. You could dig a hole and you might end up discovering gold. Mm -hmm. And that's what Proverbs is like. You could just scratch the surface of Proverbs and you could come away with little tweets and, and pithy sayings that could maybe just improve your life here or there. Or you could really dig deep and then discover the wisdom of God that enables you to live a life that is good and glorious for him. Absolutely. And discover that there's so much more there than we might initially think at first glance. And you've, you've teed us up well then for our next episode. We've spoken a little bit about wisdom literature in general, and we've spoken about the book of Proverbs, maybe more in general, and how it connects with the rest of scripture. And this is a part one of a, a two-part episode we're going to do on the book of Proverbs. So next week, we are going to talk a little bit more about the, the structure of Proverbs, actually dig into the book, how is it put together, how, how do all the pieces fit. And so for those of you listening, you can look forward to hearing our next episode about the book of Proverbs. Until then, thanks very much for joining us. We look forward to being back with you again next week. 